It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class as I adjust my headset here for a big episode 127. My name is Jay Kelly. My co-host name is Brad Chellner. This is the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. And a little something different here for EP 127, Bradley. Uh, going guest free. I don't know how many times we've done this in the history of this podcast, but uh, a little week of transition here. So no guest on this episode, but lots to talk about still. Uh, why don't we start with uh, your weekend? It's a beautiful sunny day as we're recording on a Monday. Monday afternoon here, Brad, but uh, how'd the weekend go? How are things? It's cold, man. It's cold as shit here. It's sunny, <laughs> St- but... Uh, stop complaining right it's now. It's sunny, Seriously. but it's six degrees, but it's cold. I mean, I've been wearing a hoodie all day while I've been working. It's just, we're getting ready for the, the heat wave to hit Vancouver, though. It's supposed to be like 18, yeah. 20 so by the end of the week, so I'm looking stop. forward to it. Looking forward to it. I'm good, man. I um, I got a daughter playing tyke lacrosse. Oh, I heard about this. You told Finally. me. Finally, Coach Challenger. <laughs> been waiting, been waiting for this moment for six and a half years, and finally, the summer has arrived where it, uh, it's gonna happen. So yeah, we're I'm stoked. We finally got her out there for the first time on, on Saturday, and a little Delta Islander sleeveless pinny, and and away we go. All right, uh, coaching with. Uh, t- Former Ladner pioneer Timmy o- O'Sullivan, uh, from what you understand, it's kind cup, of, of my of vintage. The, yeah, yeah, a cup of tea in the WLA. I think he played for the Burnaby Lakers. He did. He did. You asked me if we ever we ever had a a go at it because Timmy was a big boy like like I was, and I only Still played. Is. Yeah, is. I only played. Well, I only played like half a year of senior B, but I did play in, in Ladner one night, and I think we came close that, that night. But I want to say we actually might have gone while he was playing in Burnaby one night. So uh, you'll have to ask him because my, my memory is a little bit foggy. That's what happens when you get punched in the head. When you fight guys like Tim O'Brien or when you're Jay Kelly. It, exactly. You it yeah. a little, a little well, Tim O'Sullivan or O'Brien, I suppose you could say. Uh, yeah. So this week here, Brad, uh, we, we kind of kicked it around before we got started here on what we were going to do and talk about this episode. We got the big focus coming up. We got quick sticks. We got Stampede Stallion of the Week. And in quarter two, we were kind of going to lay out the new format, the new plan for the podcast moving forward. But you kind of convinced me, let's take another week here to decide things and, and make sure that we, we do it right. We got a bunch of listener questions. You put out an Ask Us Anything on, on Twitter, and we got a bunch of questions back on that. So we're going to answer some questions, and uh, we're going to take a few more days to kind of feel ourselves out here a little bit and and really kind of lay down the groundwork and the game plan for, for the podcast moving forward here because uh, we're not quite ready, and that's okay. No, it's got to be the right it's got to be the right topic. It's got to be the right thing to do. We don't want to just bore you for weeks and weeks on end, and we don't want to bore ourselves. It's got to be something that we want to be excited about too, and we haven't really landed on that one particular item. We've yet, narrowed that it one down. Particular topic. Yeah, we've got a couple fun runs. We want to hash them out and flesh them out a little bit. I think I know which way we're leaning. 
but yeah, it's got, it's something that we're going to do every week for the next X amount of weeks, probably throughout the summertime. So it's got to be something that we're all, we're all fired up about, let's say. There you go. So uh, stay tuned for that. Still have a couple of lawnmowers to give away, and uh, we will do that next week. Brad promised me we're going to do it next week. Two lawnmowers, giving them away next week, uh, courtesy of Manscaped. But here in quarter one, we still got the big focus, Brad, so let's get to it. Big focus time. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. And the big focus this week, Brad. And I think maybe we tie this in because this this always catches my attention every single week. It's the NLL 35 moments, and I believe this is coinciding with Face Off Weekend, which will bring us right up to December the third. But this week, uh, it was a cool one, and, and we talked a bunch about it in our calls to the whole series. Flashing back to 1992, first year for the Buffalo Bandits. And if you'll recall, Brad, losing the, the first three games in 92, they fire the coach, in comes Les Bartley, and the Bandits go on a run like none other in league history. But it all started in 92, as JT goes BTB in OT, and it sounded like this. This is a sudden death overtime. First score will win it and take on the championship. And really put the Buffalo Bandits on the map. We heard from numerous people over the last six months when we've been doing the calls to the hall that Buffalo wasn't even supposed to be in the playoffs. Even Gary Gate told us last week, like it was they had <laughs> yeah, finished right. third or fourth, and only the one, only the one and two seeds are supposed to go to the playoffs. Yeah. It was Russ and Chris with a couple weeks left saying, No, no. You know what? There's a lot of people in Philadelphia and Buffalo that are going to these lacrosse games. We have to have these teams in the playoffs. And then attendance was based on or the home floor advantage was based on uh attendance from right. the semifinal game so almost we watched that replay like unnecessarily yeah the out the good like, point he didn't, he didn't even need to good he point. was he was open but i don't know if that's just the brilliance of john Tavares and a rookie being, on top of that like being the opening that he had on that right side like the goalies are like obviously much smaller than the goalies are today both sides were open like he could have gone he could have gone just lefty sidearm and put it the same and put it in the same spot, but he ends up going behind the back as he gets a little bit onto that righty side yeah. of the floor. It's funny you mentioned that. It's exactly what I thought when I saw that shot. Like that was unnecessary, but sick. Like, but you know. it sealed the championship and set Buffalo on the trajectory that they're still on today. Like well, and what happens in too. Buffalo? Yeah, what happens in Buffalo if that goal doesn't happen and Philly wins that? Does Buffalo fans come back as strong the next year? Like, it was kind of the perfect storm. It's like Saskatchewan of a few years ago. They yeah. get a championship 
in their opening season in Sask, and the rest has been history to that point. Yeah, just game changing moment, man. It was it blew my mind that a rookie would try that shot in overtime of the championship the game. Like it's the championship game, and then they didn't lose a game in '93 and won the title again. So there you go, Buffalo Bandits NLL 35. Moments, the big focus this week. Uh, we're going to keep this EP nice and tidy this week. So let's uh, quickly move into the second quarter. And we're going to answer some questions from some listeners here. It's Ask Us Anything time on Lax Class. Uh-oh. Quarter Uh-oh. two. It's coming up next. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer Gary Gate. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Quarter two, Lacrosse Classified. Uh, a little something different here on, on 127. We're going to ask or answer some questions from some listeners here on Lacrosse Classified. But now before I tell you about the Vancouver Warriors, as we wait, that's uh, the Warriors talking here, for the National Lacrosse League to return to play, you can stay up to date with your Vancouver Warriors by following them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as VancouverWarriors.com. Coming up in the month of April, the Warriors will be featuring virtual calls with your favorite players and coaches, so you can ask them questions on how they get ready for a game, how they practice, and what they do when they aren't playing Canada's national game. Keep checking back on all Warriors social media channels for up-to-date news, information, and features on your Vancouver Warriors, and also the Warriors' favorite podcast, Lacrosse Classified. Right there, uh, thanks to our friends at the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, Brad, questions (laughs) from listeners here. We got a bunch. I've narrowed it down to, I want to say, what do we got here? One, two, three, four, five. I narrowed it down to five questions here because we want to keep this podcast uh, tight this week. So let's let's get going here. If you guys, I must say you guys were super, super polite. I thought when we said ask us anything, we'd get some, some I, weird requests yeah, in there, like yeah. favorite Wow. I don't know. I was expecting, like, my, my tweet was <laughs> like, please me. be gentle. Like, I, I thought some some heinous stuff was I was coming. a little nervous, but no, people have, like, actually in, inquiring Insightful, questions. About well thought out. And, yeah. Yeah, a couple about us. All so, right, let's yeah, get let into it. it. All right, Ben, my, our main man here, Benny Mitchell, he, he covered his basis here, but he made sure to ask us on Twitter and Instagram so we didn't skip by him. But Ben Mitchell and wants two to- questions. He got two questions in, too. <laughs> Who has the streaming rights for the WLA and the NLL for the upcoming seasons? For the NLL, I don't think anybody does right now. It's and in flux. We saw, yeah, it's in flux. We saw in a press release a couple of weeks ago when the league announced the cancellation of this season that we should be in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they, say, they said basically stay tuned this summer for news on new broadcast partner bracket s yeah. bracket yeah. so Multiple. broadcast partner or partners i know that there's a couple of teams working on local tv deals um i'm sure you guys will be able to watch pay-per-view online or hopefully not pay-per-view online at some point but yeah. the league will be announcing that this summer so stay tuned yeah for the wla it'll be uh from what we know it's playful screen will still be carrying the wla schedule gonna be a heavy heavy schedule basically going every night starting june 23rd well, that's cool. all your info there at wla lacrosse.com 
Yeah, so that pretty much answers that. We believe it's play full screen for, for WLA, and uh, we're not sure. Bleacher Report may be back. It may be back, and some others may be back as well, and uh, we'll just have to wait to see how the league rolls that out. Neil Hiroshka asking, if there is no Canadian junior summer lacrosse this season, do you still expect a draft to take place, and how is that going to affect things with the NLL and the Panther City Lacrosse Club? Thanks for the submission, Neil. Go ahead, bro. What do you think? Well, who it's going to affect is the scouts and show you where your money is going to be worth because I think there there has to be a draft. Um, they're still graduating junior players. They're still graduating college players. And there's still going to be players that are going to be looking for a place to go, even if we haven't seen them for a year. There's going to be an NLL draft. And, yeah, it's just going to make sure that your scouts and your GMs and your staff are – are aware of who's out there are doing their homework, doing their interviews, knowing who's physically fit, who's ready, how guys have been spending their off season. If they didn't get a plant chance to play this summer, it's going to be an interesting draft. It's going to be a lot of gambles, but hell if the BC junior a league pulled off a draft without having a junior season last year, I'm pretty sure the NLL is going to figure out how to have a draft without a junior season this year. Yeah. Can't stop not having the draft. Got to have the draft. Otherwise things just go absolutely haywire. And by the way, but check- you'll, you'll You'll just see teams drafting for different reasons. Like yeah. it might be more of a character draft when you haven't seen a guy's offensive capabilities or how strong they are as a defender, how, how physical they are on the floor or whatever you're looking at. You're, it's going to be about interviews and who you want in your room well, yeah. to figure and out how hard these guys have been going for the last year. Right? And some scouts are just better at being able to project like what a 16-year-old is going to turn into when he hits 21 and 22 than other guys. And, like, that's going to make a huge difference. Like, we haven't seen some of these guys in almost two years, and it'll be three. So, it, it's it's going to be interesting, but they will they will have the draft. And, I mean, it's going to be a level playing field for everybody. Everybody's going to be in the same route. So, it's it's just going to be a question who who puts their boots on the ground and does the work to get prepared, I would I would have to say. Thank you for the question. Neil, uh, our good buddy Casey Dilson, Brad, uh, big fan of the podcast. If you could bring back one NLL franchise, which one would it be and why? I think we've kicked this around a couple times, but let's answer Casey's question. Well, I think Casey wants to hear us say Montreal because that's where <laughs> yeah, that's where we, he lives. We must hear we, we, yeah. And and that, that might actually be where I throw my vote with a – Maybe a, a, a A1 or an AB to to Minnesota. Mm. And I know you can probably wax poetic about Minnesota here in a second. But Montreal, after our conversation with Oliver Marty and saying that his team really looked hard at Montreal before opting for Albany, yeah. I know there is, there's a junior lacrosse scene in Quebec. Um, there's colleges that play lacrosse in Quebec. So some of the grassroots program is budding there. It's a freaking awesome city, Montreal. Um my favorite city in Canada outside of Vancouver. Sorry, Toronto, but like spend it, spend a couple Don't days. Don't apologize, Brad. You no feel way. like you're in, you feel like you're in Europe and it would just be <laughs> the coolest spot to be. Um, and I think there's sport, there's sports fans there yeah. and there's lacrosse fans there and there's grassroots there. So I'm going to, I'm going to, Lob a softball to Casey and say, put a team back in Montreal. Knock it out of the park, CD. I I like the pick. I've been to Montreal a couple times and thoroughly enjoyed myself on on both occasions. Uh, Minnesota is a great selection, and I would not hesitate to put a team back there one bit. 
But I, I kind of want to stick in the West here a little bit, Brad. And and for me, like I got, I kind of got a toss up here. I got Portland on my list, and I got Edmonton back on my list. And I just, I want the West to fill up a little bit, and I want those rivalries to bloom and and blossom and kind of have that pipeline across the country. Like I think they get into Winnipeg eventually as well, and just move yourself right across, right? But I think Edmonton. Needs to come back. I don't know why the delay with the new building there at Rexall and all the rest of it. What I mean, they've seen what Calgary is doing, and I and I don't th- like. I think they can replicate that there in Edmonton for for if they if they put their mind to it. So Edmonton's on my list. Portland, um, where where I called my very first lacrosse game way back in I want to say '06 or '07. Uh, fabulous time down there as well, and a, and a good lacrosse contingent, and and I the lumberjacks were they were supported when when they were there, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about them later on in the program as well. But so those would be my two: Casey, Edmonton, Portland. You're going Montreal, and and a shout out to Minnesota as well. Couple more questions here: uh, Blake Milton asking us, uh, Brad, how did we both get our start in lacrosse and broadcasting? Well, you go first in this one because it, they they sort of mine directly leads in to yours in a roundabout way. I, I hear so you. I hear you. You go first. Okay, so for me, my lacrosse career started when I was I want to say six years old, and uh, a kid that you know I went to like preschool or kindergarten with uh, by the name of Chad Schill, who I think is actually funnily enough uh, celebrating a birthday. Today, as uh, that would be Tuesday. Anyways, Chad Schill had an older brother, Lee Schill, who I still maintain has one of the best and hardest sub shots I've ever seen in the game. Chad and I were, were the same age, and his big brother played, and Chad convinced me to go play, and then we pretty much fought over the number two uh, our entire careers. Like, we'd had to alternate every year on who got number two because we both wanted that number. Hear that, Devin Caney, by the way, with uh, with your little numbers rant there on, on Twitter. Uh, not going well for the number two. I know Miles Thompson, Brett Midsky, Chris Cluche. Uh, Paul Dawson. Yeah, a few upset people about uh, that. Matt Beers, yeah. Jake Elliott. Uh, I, I, Come on. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Chad Schill got me involved in the sport when I was just six years old and, and never looked back. And as far as broadcasting goes, it was something that I always wanted to do, like since I was probably six years old. And uh, one night when I finished up playing a game in North Shore, there was a guy by the name of Dan Marshall, who was the voice of the Timberman and also the Nanaimo Clippers, um, was up in, in the broadcast booth. And I wandered my way up there. And if, he knew who I was because he had just finished watching me play. And I said, Dan, uh, you know, I've always wanted to give this a go. And, and if you ever have an opportunity for me to sit beside you and, and do some color, I would jump at the chance. And he made a couple calls and um, things went pretty well. And this is when I was still playing with the bellies and Dan was doing games for the Adnax at the time. And uh, Doc had just found out that, that a belly was doing Adnax <laughs> broadcast <laughs> and that got shut down pretty quick. But then I, I returned to Coquitlam. I started coaching intermediate there and, and the door opened back up. And eventually to make a long story a bit longer, Dan was, 
was the voice of the Penticton V's at the time. So he was driving on the weekends from Penticton down to Coquitlam, now calling games on a website called Rockslax, which was not affiliated with Victoria. But anyways, they were kind of the first guys to start streaming video live. When I did my first game, it was literally over a, a telephone line, audio only. That's how we did it. We dialed up a, a phone through an internet connection, and we just broadcasted audio only. That's the very first broadcast I did. So Dan was driving back and forth, and one night his car broke down, and he could not make it to the game in time. So they asked if I wanted to give play-by-play a go, and I jumped at the opportunity. I don't know if I took a breath in, like, the first 10 minutes of the game. I didn't get to call a goal. Like, I didn't get to say he shoots, he scores. Nobody scored in the 10 minutes of play-by-play that I got to do before Dan arrived. But more or less after that game, they had told Dan, like, hey, Dan, if you don't want to keep – driving back and forth on the Coquihalla every weekend. We think Jake can do this job, and the rest is, is kind of history with that. Like, I just kind of kept plugging away and started out working for free, and, and away I went. Uh, and, and as you know, Brad, we, we made it to the top, essentially, getting to call a nationally televised game on, on TSN a few years ago. And and Dan Marshall, of course, still a voice of yeah. the WLA lacrosse with the Nanaimo Timberman. So he's still he's still sticking around after all these years too. Absolutely. He's an absolute pro. I love Dan Marshall. And <laughs> funny Dan Marshall. What a great call. Oh uh, yeah, like he's like he's classic. Like he's like a a throwback to to the fifties and sixties kind of announcer. But I asked yeah, Dan. He's old I, school and still has a radio show on the radio in Nanaimo, and he'll have us on yeah. from time to time, like talking about uh, Nanaimo had just visited. Burnaby and had won a game and he calls me on for a hit on a radio yeah. station and I'm <laughs> off to talk wolf. about the game. It's pretty it's pretty cool. Here's the the um, advice that I got from Dan just before I let you go here, Dan or Brad. Dan Marshall I asked me you know, when I first started, I said, you know, like what what's your advice for me, Dan, to kind of, you know, make make my way in this industry? And he said, Jake, pick a new industry. <laughs> <laughs> You hear that so often from from broadcasters. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I've heard that so many times in my yeah. career. Yeah, it's cutthroat, um, man. It's competitive. It's challenging, and, and it is. But right now, there's more opportunities than ever for people sure. to. It doesn't have to be on the air at a radio station like some of our friends and colleagues who recently lost jobs. Like you can still, you can make a go on a podcast or make a go on a live streaming video platform. And there's a lot of opportunities. More right than now. ever, I'm for not, sure. Not going to make you rich, but they're gonna they're gonna you know Dare help to dream. you express what you well, want to get, get experience too right i mean uh to to find out what you're good at try everything um we could get off on another topic tell me how you started uh how did the game of lacrosse find you i don't even know if i've ever heard you answer this question before for me it was um sean williams not not of i know not the of, one Whit- you're not of about. whitby sean williams yeah. there's a there's a ladner sean williams actually got drafted by heck of a player Steve long pole and field lacrosse and like really good call- Drafted by Steve Govett in the Colorado Mammoth. I don't think he ever got a game into the NLL, but I grew up I grew up with Sean Williams in Ladner. And he he I was really good friends with his younger brother Kyle and just hanging out with those guys, put a stick in my hand one day when I was like eight or nine and said, Hey, we're we're playing this summer. You wanna join? Hell yeah, I wanna join. Like this this looks fun. Yeah. And uh started playing right away and, and grew up with grew up with those guys and and um, forever, yeah, forever grateful for that. There's always the story of the dude down the road with the older brother that puts the stick in your well, hand. Same the thing time. with me, yeah. So exactly. many guys we've had on the show, ourselves included, 
have that same story. It's like, oh yeah, it was just just a neighbor and a buddy's friend, and you, they playing some wall ball, and it catches your eye. You're like, what? Yeah. And yeah, we used to from from day one, we would bring our sticks to elementary school with us Play and mode at recess. Yeah. at recess and lunch, and we had a grade six teacher, Mr. Sowerby. I'd never found out what his lacrosse history was, but like he never, no one could like bring a hockey stick or or you know a, I don't know whatever your toy of choice was in elementary school. But for whatever reason, he never scoffed at us bringing lacrosse sticks to school and being able to bust them out at recess when every other kid was staring at us like, what are you doing? He never, maybe he saw the potential or knew, hey, these kids are just having good, clean fun. But so forever grateful to John Williams and and Mr. Sowerby at at Holly Elementary back in the day. And then from broadcasting, like very very strange turn of events for me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in broadcasting. I'm a, I'm a music director and assistant program director for FM radio stations, music radio stations. That's always what I wanted to do. Um, that was my career goal was to be a music director and a program director of, of radio stations. And so I got into broadcasting at like, as soon as I got out of high school, like 18, 19, I started working for, for chum radio. Graveyard and shifts. Whatever, I remember. What, whatever reason, like I never did this, but I went onto the BC Junior A Lacrosse League website on the summer after I stopped playing after my last year of Junior B. Maybe I was like thinking about playing Senior B and like going to the Junior A website stats to see who I was going to be competing against or something. Like I don't, I never went to the Junior A website, especially back then. You know, there was wasn't much there, <laughs> but I went on the website and started poking around, and there was an advertisement for Coquitlam Junior Adnax looking for ex players, color commentators to broadcast in this upcoming season. Can, I, can I just give a little backstory on this, Brad? I was actually the coach of the junior Adnax the year before. The year before, yeah. So I was let go and, and Ken Wood didn't think like he could talk to me and ask me if I wanted to be the broadcaster. He was kind of nervous about that the way things ended. So he posted this ad instead of asking me to do it, which I probably would have said no anyways at that time, but carry on, please. Well, glad you did because I, I answered the ad. I was like, A, I was an ex-lacrosse player, and B, I was already in broadcasting. But I never thought of sports broadcasting. It was always it was always music for me. And then saw this ad, and I clicked both of the boxes as being a, a broadcaster and a lacrosse player. Answered the ad, met with Ken. Uh, he put me on doing color for the Junior Adnax in 2007. And after the 2008 season, I became the play-by-play guy, and and the rest is history. But the rest 2007, is history. I did the Man Cup in Coquitlam for the senior Adnax, and needed. Yeah, I'm a telling color. this story a little. I'm telling this story a little sloppily. So that that summer of 2007, while I'm doing color, still living with my parents, remember this strange phone call. I come home one day, and just the way my mom worded it was weird. She said, "A man called." <laughs> Like, I don't know why it was a man because I was, I was 21. Was I not a man? I always remember her saying this, this man called from, from, from the WLA and he, he wants you to call him back. He said something about broadcasting the man cup. So I pick up the phone and it's, and it's you. You're like, Hey man, I heard you, heard you call in doing color for the junior A's. I've got a source on, on broadcasting the man cup looking for a color guide. Do you want in? And that was when you and I started working. Like you heard me and picked me up out of the blue to phone and say, "Do you want to do the Man Cup of 2007 together?" Which was Peterborough in Coquitlam. Yeah, six games. And junior, yeah, and his prime. Assistant, man. 
And uh, round, it took me what? It, it, it took remember, me like a year and a half to figure out how to say your name properly, if I don't recall. Do you remember the first? Do you remember the first game you and I called together? Oh, now you're now you're flashing me back. I don't. See, I I do because in a roundabout, spooky world synchronicity scenario, Burnaby Lakers, Maple Ridge Berards in Burnaby, and Sean Williams was a member of that Burnaby Lakers team. <laughs> So the guy who introduced me to lacrosse was actually playing in the game that I first broadcasted the WLA game with you. So the universe works in mysterious ways. Unbelievable. Uh, so thanks for that, Blake. And, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed that little trip down memory lane, which actually kind of ties in nicely to our final question here. This was in my DMs, Brad. I, I need to keep this uh, person anonymous. I don't I just, I'm just going to leave their name out. But here is the question for you. When will either the Vancouver Warriors or the Saskatchewan Rush reunite the best damn lacrosse broadcast duo in the history of the sport? I don't know if that's a question for us so much, Brad, but the question was asked and, and maybe you can answer. When? <laughs> Not soon enough? I don't know. <laughs> maybe one day, yeah, hopefully would... one day. Hey, we've we've got a lot of miles. I, I love I love the role I'm in. You and I have a lot of miles together, and I would I would love to work with you again at 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 some point, some down the road. I know we're gonna be calling a ton of games together this summer in the WLA. Yeah. So hopefully we can have some fun there. And that listener that's uh, tweeting you there can tune into those games and, and enjoy there you them. Go. I'm very happy in my role as well, but would uh, be very excited to reunite. Uh, but that would be, that would be pretty special. But thank you for that question. I'm keeping you anonymous. Let's take a break, Brad. That's it for uh, ask us anything that was different. Um, let's go to quarter three. Quick sticks are coming up next here on EP 127 lacrosse flash podcast network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is the NLL Hall of Famer, Tom Marichek, listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the third quarter we go. Not before I tell you about our good friends down there at Associated Labels and Packaging. Over 40 years of experience in the label and packaging game. They are family owned. They focus on people, ethics, and quality. If you need a label or you need a package, look no further than Associated Labels and Packaging at AssociatedLP.com is where you will find them. And they got like a fantastic blog that they're always updating their customers on their latest features and technologies it's quite fascinating stuff i highly suggest you check it out associated lp as in labels and packaging dot com quick sticks uh, brad rocky mountain lacrosse league may 24th the deadline on whether they are going to have a season or not waiting for I guess uh, some guidance from from the health ministry there in Alberta, but they're they're putting a date on it. May twenty fourth is when they're making a decision, which is fantastic. Uh, which is fantastic news. You know, BC's been a little bit quiet, but I'm hopeful that something gets going here. And there's teams that want to battle for for a Minto Cup this summer. Like I'm hopeful that something Man. is going to happen. Please, 
Yeah. We should get someone from Rocky Mountain on in the next little bit here. I agree. Maybe Commissioner Sean Agus uh, will join us. I've been talking to him a little bit lately, uh, just kind of keeping up to date with all things Alberta. So uh, maybe we'll we'll reach out to him and, and have him on. Stevie Keogh, the carpet sweeper himself, uh, just penning out uh, Monday mornings with mags on the Halifax Thunderbirds outlets. Uh, Keogh penning a, a, just a fantastic article, kind of a, a letter to his younger self about the road and the path, the journey that his lacrosse career would end, ultimately end up taking him on through Junior A with the Beaches, Syracuse University, of course, on with Rochester and, and championships there. Uh, Man Cups with the Chief, just... So it's Steve Keogh essentially writing to his young self about all the pain, the heartache, the, the success, the championships, the jubilee. It is a fantastic article. I highly recommend you you check this out. Steve Keogh, Monday mornings with Mags, HalifaxThunderbirds.com. Stampede Stallion, Steve Keogh. Yes. I, I saw a lot of support about this this week. I mean, every, he's just a guy that has been on a lot of winning teams. Championships have followed him around or championships are there because of guys like him on that roster. So I'm glad. And that's a fantastic feature. The Halifax continues to, to roll out and crush. Well, on that note, uh, of course, lacrosse flash uh, network putting out behind the cage uh, powered by John Lintz and, and Keegan ball had a nice feature there last week. And I know more coming with that. And the NLL is, is kind of following suit here, if you will, Brad, Anna Taylor, of Peterborough Lakers social media fame taking on this uh, 13-part installment called Gloves Off, and first one going to Curtis Dixon. So check that out, Gloves Off, NLL, kind of same sort of thing as Monday Mornings with Mags and Behind the Cage with John Lintz uh, and a Taylor now diving a little deeper into some NLL profiles. Uh, what else do we got here? The Swarm kind of putting out something a little interesting this past week video footage of a bunch of guys playing golf with lacrosse sticks. I've often thought about trying this, Brad. I think I'd be pretty good at it. Just letting her rip. I know I saw the the putter shot that actually went in looked pretty good, but Georgia hosted the Masters this week and then the boys getting on the links there. Like I um they weren't at whenever I think about, I can tell golf, you that. whenever I think about <laughs> golf and lacrosse, I think you used to tell a story I don't know if this is urban legend or not, but Ethan Iannucci, while golfing, always kept the lacrosse stick <laughs> golf bag because, like, that's that's how you have the hands in the mitts. Like, if you're waiting for your yeah. friends to tee off, he wasn't practicing his golf stroke. No. He had a lacrosse stick sub in shot. his hand, and he was, yeah, practicing sub shots and fakes. Uh, sad news here. Former NLLer Sean Pollock uh, announcing his wife is battling cancer for a second time couple of young kids here for the Pollock family as well. I retweeted this from Lax Class and my personal account. They've started up a GoFundMe page to, to help with the treatments for Jenna. And they beat it once. I know they're going to do it again. Polly, such a good guy, and, and this family needs a little bit of help right now. So I'm hoping the lacrosse community will get behind that effort. Uh, find the GoFundMe page on, on Lax Class or my personal account and, and help out if you can. Uh, Brampton excels. The saga continues here, Challoner. The appeal has been heard, and they really heard it, as now they have voided the... So essentially right now, neither Brampton or Owen Sound has a lacrosse team, as this appeal is now in the hands of the OLA Board of Governors. So the MSL Board voted in favor of this sale to, to Owen Sound. They approved it. 
But they appealed it, and now it goes to the members of the OLA board to vote on this appeal. Hold your breath here, Excelsior fans. Uh, Brampton not quite dead yet. It's going to the Supreme Court of Appeals, well, which is quite, great. Yeah, so I think Owen, Owen sounds me up in, up, up in arms about this, but good news for the city of Brampton who have raised their voice, and their voices are being absolutely heard. And that's what happens when you petition and you stand up for yourself and you fight. You don't just roll over and let the team go away. So I'm glad that the work that 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 Dan Teat is doing and Mickey and the Brampton Celsius yeah, Alumni Douglas, Association yeah, all working really hard to make their voices heard and hopefully things get overturned. Best case scenario, expansion team in Owen Sound and Brampton State. Absolutely. That's what I like. I think everybody wants, except maybe the the Board of Governors at Major Series. Kenya and the Philippines are now full members of World Lacrosse. That is fantastic news as they continue to add nations to their proverbial stable. Speaking of adding to the stable, Dan Aristia, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Great follow on Twitter. This guy knows his field lacrosse, and he's joined the Flash team, Dan Aristia. Couldn't be more happy about this. This guy is legit and He's going to do great things for the Flash website. Welcome aboard, Dan Aristia. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, Speaking of of joining for Steve Toll, Brad, a multi-time champion with the Toronto Rocks. Speedy Stevie Toll. Check out this coaching staff here. Tracy Koleski, head coach, Dan Teat, and Steve Toll flanking him. I think Panther City is, is looking pretty good as far as the coaching staff goes. The triple T's, T Toll and uh, and TK, I love it. Yep. And yeah, they're they're really putting together a good a good bench down there. They're doing all the things all the things right so far in in Panther City. You got guys from different parts of the lacrosse world. You got multiple champions. You got guys that are connected to junior. You guys guys that are well respected that have played in the league and have seen everything. And and Steve Toll is is one of those guys. Former transition player of the year. Six rings on Steve Toll, I believe. Like just insane, Rochester and and Toronto right. dynasty days, yeah. and he'll be able to help that club. And he played a fresh, fast brand of lacrosse that I'm sure he'll bring to that uh, that Panther City back in. Got to watch out for the bench miners. Uh, all three of those guys run pretty hot, so uh, watch out for for the bench miners early on there. Uh, the NLL posting a, a pretty good question on their social channels, and it made me start thinking. They didn't even list like the top three that I would have listed. No offense to the guys that they did list, but best brother duo in the National Lacrosse League. You got one? Austin and Randy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They're right up like, there. Right? They're, well, well, I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, you could say, yeah, like, it's it's tough now. Like, you, you can say uh, once upon a time it might have been Lyle and Miles, but I don't know if Miles has Jer, lived up yeah, to that expectation Jer. the last couple of years. Jer. Um same thing with like uh, Matt Hosick and Graham Graham Hosick. That's almost like the who is Wayne Gretzky's brother that played Brent, Brent Gretzky. Well, They're don't like, now. Nah, come on now. Trivia, don't disrespect the, the tractor. Don't. I'm not. Hey, I'm not disrespecting. I'm just saying like people are gonna think of Graham and then. But nah. there was what was that? What would they say about Gretzky? Is that um. The, the trivia question is, is always who is the, who is oh, the highest scoring brother, team, brother yeah, duo? It's like, and it was, it's oh, like the 1900 Sabine, points. The, the Richards. Like no, it's the Gretzky's. 
Uh, Matt, Matt is not that far behind Graham. It's not. No, Matt, it's not Matt, Wayne Matt and Hossick, Brett. Matt Hossick's a beast too, but Graham Hossick terrible is, is comparison. I have that to say. is that far. Noble Brothers, Courier Brothers, Macintosh Brothers, Reinhold Brothers, Cornwall Brothers. There is a lot of brothers in the National. I didn't really realize how many, but no, there's a no, lot. That's like, yeah, Porter Brothers. Um, did you say Reinhold's just now? Yes, I did. Yep. Reinhold Brothers. Dawson uh, brothers. Dawson brothers. So yeah, a lot of brothers. I'm going Hossicks uh, with with Courier is a close second for me. I'll go. I'll go Stotts. I'm going Stotts's. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, last thing I have here on Quick Sticks is uh, I celebrated a birthday last week, and like so many people, like just reached out to say happy. And I, I also had a bit of a tough week last week, so those birthday wishes meant a lot to me and i just wanted to say thank you to everybody. i couldn't really thank everybody individually so here is my platform to say thank you to everybody that uh wished me a, a happy birthday last week i think that's it for quick sticks brad you got anything else let's get to the stampy styling of the week <laughs> stampede stallion of the week next on lacrosse classified back after this Hey, this is Mike Poulin, goaltender for the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Quarter four, no more breaks. Stampede Stallion of the Week. It's almost time here, Brad Chandler. Before we, we get to head over to the stables, I want to let you know, please, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, hit that subscribe button. Feel free to bang out a, a review if you have a couple extra seconds as well. Don't forget to follow us on social media. At Lax Class, at Lacrosse Classified, at Brad Chow, at PXP for Sports. And if you want to send us an email, you can do that too. At Lacrosse Classified at gmail.com. Facebook page as well. If you want to find us, try hard. You'll do it. Don't worry. Thanks for uh, for listening to this episode. Brad, I think it might be time to head for the stables. Let's do it. <laughs> We have reached the We have reached the stables. Brad Challenger here on episode 127 as we are about to add another member of the Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stallion of the Week. And before we do, I gotta let you know the Stampede Tack and Western Wear is Canada's largest wrangler dealer and they offer everything for wrangler for men ladies kids you need some jeans they have them in a large variety of styles colors and sizes how about a classic looking western shirt or maybe some pearl snap buttons we have those two jean jackets of course flannel shirts you bet stampede tack and western wear located in cloverdale since 1966 or shop online where it's still shopping local at stampede.ca. Brad, I just realized we forgot to do a stampede read back in quarter number two. Well, let's do it at the end of this because I can I can tell a, a boot story from, from last week. Sounds good to me. We'll, we'll double up here. I like it. Uh, stampede Stallion of the Week. My pick this week, Bradley. And I'm going with the pride of Port Coquitlam. My former teammate in New Westminster, Pete Morgan is this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. 
Six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds. Is this your stat line too, Jumbo? Pretty close. Lefty, this is your stat line. <laughs> Birthday year is almost the same. Like you guys are, you guys were must have been twin, twin towers at one point. Man, I love playing with Pete Morgan. Man, could run a pick and roll like nobody's business. Just textbook footwork for the big man. For for a, yeah, for a big man, the way that he glided was able to glide around the floor was was remarkable. You know, he was a he was a oak tree out there but the way that he was able to move and i remember an inside roll to the net and the way he would get on top of a goaltender like he was he was money rolling inside and then how do you knock off how do you push a guy away from the net or try to push him to the outside again when he's six six two thirty like can't do it no can't do it i Um, just had a hand like such soft hands he had this little like fade away kind of bounce shot where he had such a long reach he didn't really need to get to the top of the crease to see the far side of the goal and just silky smooth not really like super gritty but just got the job done and and started way back with the vancouver ravens in 02 and worked his way through anaheim Good years in Portland, uh, a quick cup of coffee in San Jose, I think flipped back to Portland in 09 and finished up with the stealth on that championship team in, in 2010 and, and finished out his career with just one game in 2011. But real productive years with the bellies in the WLA and just, man, like Pete Morgan. And, and then you got the brothers as well, like Richie and Dave. They were all fantastic players. But it, for me, Pete was the most pure offensive offensive one and man he was like i said fun to play with fun to watch play the game five time four time 20 goal score one time 32 goal score in his rookie season with the vancouver ravens um huge in that playoff run with portland in 2008 that magical run that they went on ended up losing in a wild wild game that still lives on on youtube but 17 points in that playoff run of three games for for pete morgan i mentioned that 30 goal season almost hit 30 goals again with portland in 09 like yeah the guy contributed and good teams um portland was certainly like a fun team to to watch we talked about portland earlier tonight like the guys that they had on that roster and the success they were able to do in those two short seasons was remarkable and morgan was a big big part of that absolutely uh still spending his days i believe down in portland actually i think uh ended up marrying one of uh, the lumber jills one of the dancers there for the lumberjacks if i'm not mistaken so uh, i think he's in the the finance the banking industry is, is pete morgan down there in the states and, and doing well and uh pete morgan welcome to the stable brother you're this week's stampede stallion of the week brad they're brought to you by Stampede Tack in Western wear, and they carry Canadian-made boots, both Boule and Canada West boots. And my wife and I don't get to go out a lot to dinner by ourselves. Like I can't I honestly can't even remember the last time. And so we had an opportunity last week. Kids were at the grandparents' house getting watched, and we we're like, "Let's go out." Went to a restaurant in nice Italian restaurant here in in Ladner. Okay. And you know I've I've been working from home for the last year, so my wardrobe has been like sweatpants, <laughs> collared shirt for the Zoom meetings, but like sweatpants or like gym shorts on the bottom, living in like socks, maybe slides if I have to run in the gas station or something. But it's like don't put regular clothes on or clothes that I would have put on in the past very often. I can't right? remember but, when I wore a pair of jeans last. Like I yeah. can't. I can't. But I was like, we're going out for dinner. I'm like, I'm putting boots on. I'm putting my damn boots on, even though the weather like wasn't super boot weather. And like the sun was kind of shining. It was like 4 30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I'm putting boots on just because I haven't in so long. So it felt good to put 
put the Levi's on, put the boots on, put the plaid shirt on and go out, you know, and just feel like, make it feel like an event again. If you've mm. been a working from home schlub like me. And so if you want to go out and feel good, all those items I just mentioned available, of course, at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. If you're local, they're in Cloverdale. They're at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th Street in downtown Cloverdale. Right by the if rodeo local, fairgrounds there, right? Right, like right across the street. A little bit fair. past. You go down Highway 10. If you're heading for Ladner, you turn left on 176 to go to the rodeo, but you go a little bit straight past that, past, um, I think it's called the Rusty Pub. Sound like that. Something, Something like that. But then Champy Tax right there. If you're not local, big store, you big lot, can't online. miss it. Can't Stampede.ca, we're shopping online and still shopping local, but you can get your Boulay Canada West jeans or West boots. You get your Wrangler jeans there, you get your plaid shirt, get you set up. Thank you to the good folks at Stampede Tack and Western Wear in Cloverdale. Freestyling this week, Brad. I like it. Blundstones, too. Don't forget the Blundstones. Uh, and who knows, Brad, once we get back to uh, live game action, I'm really hoping who you got will make a return. And, and uh, who knows, maybe Kev will put up another pair of Blundstones for the, the grand champion win. Who you got makes its triumphant return when the National Lacrosse League does as well. I think we're done on EP 127, man. That's it. Thanks for the people who contributed. Uh, Casey, Blake, Neil, Ben, uh, secret Mr. emails, or secret DMs, Mr. X. Thanks to the emails. Thanks to people that uh, participated this week to get the questions in. We will lay out our plan for you next week, and hopefully uh, you have some lacrosse in your life, and hopefully we've got lacrosse news to to wrap to you about next week so thanks for hanging with us there you go brad said it all and that is going to do it for ep 127 thanks for listening thanks to our sponsors of course to associate labels and packaging vancouver warriors stampede tack and western wear for brad challenger i've been jake gilliam for the fastest game on two feet for the creator talk to you next time here on lacrosse classified a lacrosse flash podcast network be safe and be healthy everybody